Hello adventurers, I am Bernie Schuster and I'm welcoming you to the 10th day in the saddle, which means the 10th episode of Cycling to Athens, why not? Sorry about the late upload of this episode, but Easter holidays and some skiing in the wonderful Dolomites have been delaying my podcast work. Today I will continue talking about my road cycling adventure from Austria to Greece, from Vienna to Athens. At this moment, we are cycling in and through Albania, more precisely starting from the lovely city of Himare in the very south of Albania. The day of pain is the past. We made it. Despite a damaged cleat, dog attacks, many detours, heat and a performance challenge in the form of an epic mountain pass with the name of Lokara. It was a hell of a ride. 187 kilometers in the end and more than 2,200 meters of altitude covered. Like the title of a movie about the famous Streif. In Streif, a hell of a ride, it is all about the most difficult alpine downhill ski race in the world that takes place in Kitzbühel in Austria. For ski fans and adrenaline junkies, an insightful and thrilling movie. In my case, not so dangerous and not about skiing, but for sure a hell of a ride. What to do after such a strenuous and exhausting day? The obvious, just get back in the saddle and get these legs moving. Believe it or not, this Thursday 16th of September will be the day when I leave Albania for good and will enter the country of my destination Greece. In this moment, so easily said back then, it seemed almost impossible in my condition. Damaged cycling shoe means I'm using a running shoe with a cable tie and a tape instead. Clicking and moving center hub combined with an ongoing navigation challenge caused by inaccurate maps and with it a road surface gamble. This day became the make or break day of this entire journey. Will I make it to Greece? Before answering that question, let us go back a bit. As usual, I will kick us off with two data facts and figures, followed by the tour journal. We will talk about the very south of Albania, the city of Velore, the Bustrind National Park and signs of the wars of the past. In the main topic of the day, I would like to talk about mental strength, perseverance and discipline as the key behaviors to success. How tiny and insignificant tasks and actions might change the course of a journey? In my case, a phone call initiated a turning point of my trip. Are you hooked? If so, that is grand. It is my pleasure to entertain you for the next half an hour and hear the story of this day from and with Bernie Schuster. So let's check out some facts and figures together. We kicked this journey off in Himare. This was in the very south of Albania and we were going to Igumenica already in the wonderful country of Greece. A total distance of only this time 112 kilometers. You see I was a bit tired. A total essence of 100, no, 1537 meters and the average speed in the end of 22.1 kilometers per hour. A total time of 5 hours and 5 minutes in the saddle and 2671 kilocalories burned. As usual, these data derived from the Garmin Connect app from Garmin.com. The road cycling logbook says it is a Thursday, the 16th of September. The tour is called Don't Stop Believing. 
Interestingly, all memories of this very morning are very blurry to me. I can't even remember if I had breakfast on this morning. Thinking about it, I believe I had. Last night's dinner was a rich seafood plate with noodles. Believe it or not, but I needed to force myself to eat a proper dinner. My body was exhausted and strained and didn't request any food at all. I believe I went for a swim in the morning to enjoy this indeed marvelous place. The Adriatic Sea, the beach, the whole place was just perfect. There were moments in which I was considering taking a pause day. A day off would have been nice. But then this little voice in my brain got louder that said, what if we run into bike problems in the future? What if we need these pause days further down the road? A convincing voice it was. On top of this, I struggled with the fact that I couldn't fix my second shoe, nor the bike, neither the navigation situation. Nothing could be done here. The framework was rigid and set. The only solution was to change the framework, meaning trying to get to Greece ASAP. And that was my plan for today. I had roughly 85 kilometers to the border to Greece at Cafe Botte, this is the Albanian side, and Mafromati, this is the Greek side. My hope was that all three of my major problems could be solved there. It was an assumption, a hope, a belief. Don't stop believing. With the damage of my cleat yesterday near Velore, this assumption grew in me and turned out to be my plan. Talking about Velore, here's some did you knows for the culturally interested cyclists and adventurers. Thanks again here to the local herald Mr. G for the useful information. As we experienced together, Velore is a coastal city located in the southern Albanian, on the shores of the Adriatic and Ionian seas. It is known for its beautiful beaches, clear waters and warm Mediterranean climate. The city has a long and rich history with archaeological evidence suggesting that it has been inhabited since ancient times. Velori was an important center of the Illyrian civilization and later became a Roman colony. It is also known as the birthplace of Albania's independence. On November 28, 1912, the Albanian flag was raised for the first time in Velore, making the country's declaration of independence from the Ottoman Empire. The city is home to the historical Muradia Mosque, which was built in 1537 by the Ottoman Admiral Barbaros Heyredin Pasha. The mosque is named after his son Murad, who was buried there. The Ionian Sea mentioned is an arm of the Mediterranean Sea and is in the south of the Adriatic Sea. In short, from now on we are cycling along the Ionian Sea towards Greece. It sits somewhat between Italy, so the very boot, and southwest of Albania and Greece. Might be that these pieces of information will become the $1 million question in a TV show very soon, so you better remember these facts. But back to the story at hand now. This time I did my tour planning during breakfast since yesterday the batteries were just totally drained. I decided to take it easy today and targeted the first bigger town in Greece called Igumenica. Like always I used Booking.com to find a place to stay. All worked out just fine. And then I did something that turned out to be a game changer. I was screening the city for decent road cycling stores. Having not too much hope I stumbled over a store with the name Pro bike shop in the heart of the town. Sounds promising. I wondered if they could help me at least replacing the cleats. There was even a phone number, so I called them. A friendly man picked up and was willing to help me in almost perfect English. 
It took me a while to explain the situation, but in the end he understood. He had a pair of Shimano cleats left and he promised me to put them aside for my use. Jackpot! The store would open in the evening from 6 to 8 p.m. This should become my window for the latest arrival. Now the aim for today was clear. Get to the store, fix your cleat, ideally fix the center hub as well and then I would be restored to my full strength. Don't stop believing. I started to cycle this day at 10.24 a.m. No more to say on how I felt. Himari though was a wonderful city to start off the day. The beach town, it was just lovely. Back on the bike with one running shoe and a cable tie instead of cycling shoes and click system, my body was stiff and tired. But the weather in the landscape of Albania was just gorgeous. The roads at this point were good and better than before. The countryside was dry, rocky and only some little trees, bushes and high grass. Stepland that reminded me of plains in Argentina or Peru. It was hilly and the roads were meandering along the coast. Almost no cars. It was 22 degrees Celsius warm and the sun was out to guide and bless me along my journey. Very soon I passed the place with the name Porto Palermo. Cycling along the main road, I was observing, as I did most of the time, the coast and the Ionian Sea, as we know now. A bay drew my attention close to a massive rock formation with military-like buildings. A closer look revealed that there was even a tunnel-like construction that had as well a military appearance. This was the Porto Palermo Tunnel, a submarine bunker that was built during the Cold War under the rule of communist leader Enver Hoxha. At that time, the Porto Palermo Bay was an important strategic submarine base and was used as a shelter for repairs. The tunnel goes as far as 650 meters into the rocks and is about 12 meters high. The bunker is no longer in use but remains a military restricted zone. I will add a link into the show notes so you can check it out yourself. I continued cycling without knowing all of that and was just using my imagination. What could have been happening in that tunnel I saw? The cycling performance was decent and at one point I did a mental check. Exhaustion, happiness about the cleaned laundry, uncertainty around navigation, fear of further issues with the bike and wild dogs, but exciting to be on the final stretch of Albanian adventure. So friend and lovely people as a contrast to the rough conditions in this country. This was my very personal summary in this moment. Shortly after Porto Palermo, I left the coast and moved a bit into the country, but kept cycling parallel to the coastline towards south. The last bigger city I was planning to pass was called Saran Day. From there it would be only 35 kilometers to the border to Greece. Halfway to Saran Day, I passed a couple of small villages. In one of them, with the name Shen Vasil, I was passing a sign that said Austrian Soldier Cemetery. I figured out later that it was for Austrian soldiers who died during World War I between 1914 and 1918. How random is that and sad at the same time. Countrymen of mine buried far, far away from home and most likely far away from their relatives. I continued towards the south. Another highlight of this day was crossing the Bustrind National Park. I enjoyed this peaceful place 
an open field, many flat hills, few rivers and some huge lakes. I passed the Buffy Lake and the Mursi Lake. It was ghostly, open plains, seldom a car and almost no one else to be seen, remote and empty. At this location, I was already roughly at the latitude of the island of Corfu, pretty far south from my point of view. Can't tell you why exactly, but I was so nervous and concerned. I said to myself, Bernie, you need to make it at least to Greece. I was so challenged with the situation, with the fact that no stores or bike specialists could support me there. It made me so vulnerable since I felt like having no safety leash anymore. At this point, I feared the first time of not making it to Athens. Not because of my body, just because of the COVID-19 caused supply bottleneck in Albania. I really felt cycling on the edge. It might turn out to be fine. I might fail. Having these thoughts, I kept cycling along those empty streets in the very south of Albania. At the gas station, I stopped for water and a rest. I chatted with a friendly motorcyclist who told me about crude oil production in Albania and how an Italian-based company was making huge profits there. I tried to dig out here some facts and figures for you, but no proper source could be found. If ever anyone has some facts about this place, please let me know. One very annoying situation was after I left one of the gas stations in which I paused. The watchdog became, after observing me during my break, upset, caused by my departure and chased again after me. I was beyond anger. I felt loath. I remember I was cycling on a major street on the shoulder and saw on the Komoot app that the border crossing is near. It was an emotional boost. I thought, if I make it to Greece, this entire trip is already a success. Who would have thought that? I cycled, I pushed the pedal, tried to pull the pedal, grabbed the cable tie and brought it into position again and continued. And suddenly, I saw the building. A small, not even recognizable site. Unsignificant to locals and to normal tourists. In front of me, there it was. The gate To success. I made it from Austria down to Greece with my Airstream and no one can take this away from me anymore. A simple concrete building, small flat gray next to a roundabout. Nothing else was there. Through this gate I left Albania. Now I was between Albania and Greece in no man's land. Right there, there was this indeed beautiful sign. A sign a rectangular blue traffic sign that said Hellas and 12 golden stars around it. There I stood, with my bike, some bags, a couple of belongings, ready to enter Greece. I took a selfie there, which tells me a lot about my conditions when I look at it right now. A tired and exhausted look, narrow and wrinkled eyes, unshaved with a sweat and dust-covered face, a serious look, no smile as if I didn't trust the situation yet. After that, I continued this road to the Greek border. Entering Greece was an unexpected stressful situation. The authorities required an online registration on an official webpage to track tourists during the COVID pandemic. With the phone, poor internet service, not an easy task. The most exciting question was, where are you going to stay during your time in Greece? Oh dear, no idea. 
one super nice incident happened at this very border. I met a motorcyclist from Nuremberg, so from my hometown. He had as well some problems with filling out this online survey, but together we made it. Then the authorities in the end waved me over to the final counter. I had my registration number, passport, COVID passport and nothing to declare. Then she said, welcome to Greece. I remember it so well. A quiet inner warmth was slowly expanding, the sensation of achievement mixed with satisfaction. Slowly this feeling became stronger and turned into joy. After the border crossing, there was this wide open road, no cars and a stretch of four kilometers downhill only. I was exploding with emotions. I was screaming out the pain, the fear and the exhaustion. It was wonderful. I felt like scoring the final goal in the world championship in the last minute of overtime or a hole in one in a golf tournament or doing an ace in a Grand Slam tennis tournament to win the game. I think you get the point. From there, I had only 25 kilometers to go. It was just pure pleasure and enjoyment. I continued towards Ego Minitsa, curious about the new country I have just entered. I must have entered Greece through an orange plantation area. It was green, a fresh and juicy green covered the whole area. My next stop was the pro bike shop. I arrived at the store at 5.30 p.m., so it was still closed. But I made it and it didn't matter at all. At the other side of the street, there was a bar, open, friendly, looking, inviting. I had a snack, a drink and watched the store like a hawk. At 6 p.m. as mentioned, the store was open and I didn't waste any minute. I introduced myself as the guy who called earlier today and with that, the process began. Firstly, he had indeed a last pair of Shimano cleats for me. Secondly, he could, to my surprise, help me with the center play. The solution to the play and with it the clicking was simple. There is a preload screw that secures the center hub. This one simply got loose. Tightening this one helped me to get rid of the clicking. This one hour store visit solved two out of my three major issues. What a day. What a great experience. Burning was back in action big time. The last task of today was planning the next day. I did this over dinner, enjoying a cool Mythos Hobby Juice beverage. Worth mentioning here is the following. From Igo Menitsa, I needed to continue south. I decided to stay at the west coast and not to diagonally cross the country towards Athens, which would have been another option, but somehow I wanted to stay at the sea and the coast. The decision took me already a while, because there are always pros and cons in either way. Alright, based on this decision, I was greening the coast for the next stop of my tour. And there was this enormous obstacle in the form of a huge amount of water. The Abrasian Gulf was literally in my way and one could get past it either in the very west at the coast or the longer way cycling around it in the east towards inland. You wonder where is the problem? At the very west at the coast at the city of Preveza the gulf opens up to the Ionian Sea and separates the north and the south part of Greece. At this point, the north and the southern part is only connected via an underwater tunnel. This underwater tunnel is closed for bicycles, my research showed. So I was confronted 
with the decision, either a detour around the Gulf or taking a risk and finding an alternative route to the south part of Preveza, avoiding the tunnel or going through the tunnel. Making this decision next to delicious Greek cuisine on the vivid square in the heart of Igumenica was easy. Friend and happy Greek everywhere, the night was warm and a soft breeze was cooling the heated up concrete square where I was dining nicely. All was good, the airstream was as good as new, now it was time for a good night's sleep. What an exciting day. Let us now check our electronic mailbox. I received a super nice email from Martin from Berlin. Martin writes, I need to thank you already even though there are a couple of episodes left. I really enjoyed listening to everything so far and highly respect you for what you did on this trip. Absolutely inspiring and it even got me on my own bike more often. Thanks for that compliment, my friend. One thing I'm very interested is bike inspection. Even though you touch based on this here and there, could you tell us more about what routine you applied daily to make sure all essential parts on your bike are checked? Martin, thanks for this question. Thanks for your feedback. The most important part around the bike happened prior to the tour. I renewed my chain, my front and rear braking pads, my front and rear outer tires, checked the front and back derailers, checked and renewed the rear cassette and the chain rings. I made sure that all screws are tightened and that all is well oiled. During the trip, the most important tasks have been make sure to clean the outer tire after every off-road part and make sure there is not too much and not too little air in it, roughly 4 to 5 bar. I clean and oil the chain regularly, but not too often. This depends highly on the weather. As a side note, I was blessed by no rain, therefore the system only got dusty. With the play of the center hub, I needed to adjust slightly the front derailleur since the chain was touching the front chain ring slightly, but this was caused by a loose preload screw, so normally it shouldn't be the case. On some occasions, I was passing a washing opportunity and was wondering, shall I stop and clean my bike? But somehow, I found always good reasons not to do it. In the end, I used a towel to roughly clean it, and with it doing some visual checks to make sure everything is fine. Nothing more nothing less. Most importantly for me was make sure that the lights are charged and always on. I would say that with a total distance of 2300 km, not much more needs to be done. If you plan to circle further, let's say more than 4000 km in a single tour, I would strongly recommend here to check in with your road cycling specialists and your specific bike model if things could be challenging. Thanks again for all your messages and sorry for not being able to answer all of them. They are all really appreciated. It really means a lot to me to read your comments and get your feedback. Critique obviously is as well welcome since no one is perfect, right? As usual, if you like listening to this podcast, please rate the show, please follow it and please share or forward it. Please check out as well my YouTube channel, Bernard Schuster 5870. I have uploaded a couple of live clips from my tour that should give you an additional impression of what I'm talking about all the time. Let me know what you think and enjoy the videos of Croatia, Montenegro and Albania with Bernie and from Bernie live on the bike. As mentioned at the beginning, 
that today's main topic is about perseverance and discipline. The best way to bring those attributes to life is through routines. These routines, I believe, were the fundament of my success. At this point, I would like to refer to a book from Chris Hetfield with the title An Astronaut's Guide to Live on Earth. In this book, the Canadian astronaut shares his personal story about outer space, space travels, the ISS and much more. One of my key takeaways of the book were Firstly, the most important trait is to perform highly in a team, being a team player. And secondly, that space travel, like a trip to the International Space Station ISS, is an endeavor which is planned, prepared, tested, updated and improved over and over and over again. Each step is trained, organized and discussed. For each problem there is a clear action step and procedure to solve it. A repetitive process, very disciplined with clear roles, tasks and routines. No surprises, no gamble, no let's see and let's figure out. Inspired by that, I tried to apply this logic to the trip. Of course, it is far-fetched to compare a cycling trip with a trip to the ISS, but the fundamental idea is the same. Try to establish clear routines for all reoccurring events and for exceptional ones as well. I want to say here that you never know what is actually the root cause for success, but the sum of all these routines makes success. And the pity is that you don't get feedback immediately. It just turns out over the longer run if it works or not. Here are some examples. Charging the lights, power banks and the phone every night, no exception. Washing all cycling clothes, especially your underwear and bibs, every evening thoroughly. Buy and organize snacks and food whenever you are running low. Take the time for thorough tour planning before you get even close to the bike. Make sure your water bottles are refilled whenever you got the chance. Treat injuries right away, no exceptions, no delay. Get up early every day so you have time for breakfast, final errands and still be on the bike by 8.30ish. Safety. Reflective vest and front and back lights were on the whole day. Clean your outer tire after a dirty stretch or an off-road section. Use sunscreen every day or a long sleeve jersey. The sun is a tough cookie, my dear friends. Use the anti-friction demo cream every day after the shower. Stretch every day, no exceptions, quads, hamstrings and calves. Work on your cycling posture and position on the bike to avoid pain and discomfort. Change arm, hands and upper body position. Change things up and do not get lazy. Get out of the saddle, change your position on the saddle and do adjust the position if things feel odd. Wear sunglasses and a cycling cap to protect yourself. If you face a technical problem, focus immediately on the solution. Stay calm and find a solution, like organizing spare parts, finding a bike shop, etc. Eat a snack every hour to one and a half hour and drink every 30 to 45 minutes, even though you are not hungry nor thirsty. Lastly, the most challenging part. Do this all every single day. Regardless of your mood, regardless of your exhaustion level, regardless of stress or problems you have been facing. Do not allow thoughts like it doesn't matter anyway or if it will be, it will be. Do not rely on chains. 
Rather, take ownership of your success through perseverance and discipline. And do not forget, don't stop believing. I can't believe that we have already arrived at the end of the podcast. What is happening in episode 11, you wonder? In this episode, I will talk about the first full day in Greece, about wonderful beaches, delicious cuisine, and about the first time of changing my tour plan of the very day. But more about this very soon on cycling to Athens, why not? Caused by personal and chocolated stresses, I would like to swap to a cadence of one new episode every two weeks to keep quality as high as possible. I hope that's okay for you. Thanks for tuning in and have a brilliant day wherever you are. You are all perfect exactly as you are and do not forget this. I will send my farewell with a quote from one of the most famous swimmers of all times, Mark Spitz. If you fail to prepare, you are prepared to fail. Bernie Schuster, over and over.